Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Mark Safe, tales of your very favorite and most beloved man-made disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Mark Safe. Hi, Melanie. This is going to be an interesting episode. This episode is going to be all over the place, mostly in a bad way. And also in the sense that I'm going to start this episode one age and finish it another. It's so cool. It's going to be your birthday. (laughs) It's going to be my birthday in 16 minutes. Oh, I love that so much. I'll be 33 and... Let me tell you, this year has shaken my belief in lucky numbers because 32 has been my lucky number for a long time. I have a thing with eights, um, which actually has nothing to do with the fact that I was born in 88. That's a complete coincidence that I weirdly didn't even notice for a long time. Um, I have a thing with eights. I love eights. So I like any variant on eights. I like 16s, 32s. So I was very excited about 32. I was very sure this was going to be my year. And then uh, turned 32, February 9th, 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just say it hasn't been my year. You started a podcast. I did start a podcast. That counts for something. It does. And now also another interesting note about this fucking episode is that I'm recording it in a fuzzy pink tent. <laughs> the pictures because... are really funny. Yeah, because I did a thing, which to me feels mind-boggling. I did a thing called moved the computer downstairs. Downstairs is not carpeted. <laughs> Upstairs is. Um, and the particular section of wall that I'm sitting close to, one of my dogs is having a dream right now. And honestly, I think it would be more disruptive to stop them and clap out mm-hmm. than it would just be to know. If you hear weird little yips, it's not my husband. It's one of the dachshunds having a dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay, hold on. Yeah, wow, I've got a lot to say. So first of all, now I'm in this weird, potentially echoey area. I don't know if it's echoey. Uh, the audio guy suggested that I um, Cover put your a blanket face. over my entire self so I feel like a baby breastfeeding in a conservative state right now. <laughs> and also, speaking of uh, difficult background noises and speaking of the audio guy, is no one going to say it? Tell me you noticed. There's no fucking way you didn't notice. What? There is like a six minute section of loud snoring in last episode. Is it really? Did not get edited out. (laughs) I I genuinely want to know if people are just being nice, if people somehow didn't hear it. I... I don't know. The audio guy. I didn't hear it, but I'm also... I listen to everything on my beats and you should see my beats. I probably should get some new ones, but I literally will use something until it's dead. Um, And it's like one of the ears, the wires, like the actual part that goes on your ear is like hanging off by like two wires. Oh no. So I just had to duct tape it together. 
I mean, those things are fucking expensive. <laughs> oh, no. And like the... Yeah. So, I, if well, he was, I'm not going to hear it. The quality is I mean, not so good holy anymore. Shit. I mean, I just... I, I actually didn't... I didn't used to listen to our episodes. <laughs> I didn't listen to like the first 15. I know. You are just now going back and listening to that. Yeah, I have to to add content warnings, which has been slow going. So, I'm sorry about that, guys. But they will eventually all be there. Um... Yeah, I did not used to listen to our episodes at all because I had a major thing with my own voice, which is great when you're starting a podcast. And then after I started hearing it, I realized that on top of my stupid voice, I also have a stupid accent. And I'd never heard that before. And uh, yeah, I just I couldn't do it for a while. And then we had a couple that were just so fucking good. They were just on fire. And I was like, I, I've got to go back and listen to that one. <laughs> so I did, and I kind of was forced to get over it. So now I do listen to it. So I just... I don't think anyone I, likes the sound of their own voice, though. Mm-mm. No, I, it was really something I had to overcome. I don't... I'm not really bothered by it anymore. But sometimes I am like, man, I need to get some speech training to get rid of that Midwestern accent. And there uh, it is. I, ju- I, I heard myself it, I just say accent adorable. and I hate myself for it. I think it's adorable. <laughs> I genuinely spent my entire life believing I had a complete non-accent. And like when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I dated an actor who had had that accent removing vocal training and was like, oh, no, no, you you have an accent. <laughs> And I was like, no, I don't. I just, I not at all. And now that I'm listening to this, I'm like, oh my God, people are going to start mailing me ranch dressing or something. This is bad. Ranch dressing? That's what Midwesterners love. All right. That's what we love. We, we eat puppy chow and ranch dressing, not together, hopefully, usually. And we say op a lot. I have realized how much I say op. I'm, and sincerely not ironically i'm not super bothered by that but i am really bothered by my own vowels now that i've noticed (laughs) accent fuck fuck me literally fuck off me so you said fuck off me i did yeah and i meant it god from the bottom of my heart anyway all that to say all that to say that i do listen now and i just play it on my iphone and I was listening to it last week and I was cleaning my living room and all the dogs are asleep on the couch and I'm listening and it's right. It's like in the middle of the main Tylenol murder story, like none of the before and after stuff. And I'm like, is, is one of the dogs like choking? Is one of the dogs in, in some kind of respiratory distress and i mean i really really thought that and i'm like going around watching them all breathe and trying to like synchronize it and and it was our podcast it was our podcast and it was the audio guy snoring for several minutes very loudly and we had stopped and clapped out a couple times to tell him shut the fuck up i love of all people it's the audio guy it is it is and I'm 50% sorry, and I'm 50% like, this is a pandemic, and uh, if that's not evidence of the fact that A, the audio guy is an RN and he's very tired when he finally gets to sleep, and B, um, the audio guy is working double time as the audio guy, and he's very tired, so he missed his own snores. 
I don't know what is. That's uh, that's the casualty of COVID. I almost made him go back and fix it and re-release it. But then I decided to get off his nuts. So it's bonus content. Oh yeah, for free. <laughs> yep, <laughs> free bonus content. We are we're bringing it to you. Okay, so can we talk, Melanie? Let's talk. I think you know where I'm going with this. You said you had a bone to pick with me. I do. I do. So I have a couple disclaimers for this episode, several, ranging from the fuzzy pink tent situation to um, a certain word-related disclaimer we'll get to later. But one is that, see, there's that fucking accent again of that. Uh, (laughs) We need to get something that's like... You just need to to get over it. No, we need to get one of those things. You know, they have like a remote control, uh, you know, like distance toys for lovers kind of thing. I was going to say a shot collar, but... Well, no, hold on. I'm I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to get you to give me a sex toy, Melanie. I'm trying to be a little discreet here. Um, but you know... No, because those... I was thinking like, you know, that meme where they're like, shot collar... Long no, distance. You know what I'm talking about? The girl that does the, hmm? Hmm? Uh, I do. I actually, now that you say it, weirdly, I do know the person you mean, the meme you mean, but I, I don't know the shot color version of it. Anyway, we need to get one of those um, distance things for lovers and then modify it to pinch me or or shock me or something and you can just push the button every time i say some dumb shit anyway that sounds like a disaster waiting to happen (laughs) i'm getting electrocuted again by some modified sex toy (laughs) put put that on the bonus (laughs) content idea (laughs) so my real disclaimer is that this week really got away from me And I was really hustling to finish this episode at the last minute. It turned out to be way bigger than I thought it was going to be. I don't even really have a life catastrophe to blame this week other than just poor time management. But here we are. As such, I didn't look up the animal bracket creatures (laughs) until the last minute. Oh, Lord. Um, Oh, yeah, Melanie. So, So today... I'm having myself quite a day. I'm really hustling to get this done. You had a lot on your plate and you looked I did today. I looked those up 20 minutes ago. Fuck. And usually I look that up and do some digging while I'm putting the kids to bed, but I was in fact still working on my episode when I was putting the kids to bed. So as I sat here and I got ready to call you, I said, oh shit, honey, tell me what those animal bracket animals were. And he pulled it up and I looked it up. What the fuck have you done? (laughs) Okay. First of all, I have done nothing but take suggestions from the horrible Mm -hmm. ghouls. I'm pretty sure the horrible ghouls aren't pairing these creatures for you. Oh, I paired them because, Mm -hmm. okay, so... Because you know neither one of these would have had a shot in hell with any other creature on this earth. And I like to be fair. Every okay. deserves the love. I do, as a Hufflepuff, I do respect that. Um, I'm really excited about this week's animal versus animal. Well, um, I'm upset about it. I have my theories on who you're going to pick. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I have a, a I think, somewhat illogical reason for picking the one that I picked because they're both fucking monster beasts. So would you like to introduce our beasts of the week? All for, right. Uh, our animal bracket. If you can even call these fuckers animals. <laughs> <laughs> this Jesus week, Christ. we have the blobfish versus the star-nosed mole. Okay. Melanie. And by the way, I had to look both of these up too, and I was very fucking upset. So I mean, I kind of knew what the blobfish looked like. The star nose mole, though. Okay, that fuck. Okay, let me just take you on a journey through my my process here, because that's the only way I can do this. <laughs> so first, I looked up a blobfish. Now, first of all, you know I hate ocean creatures. Mm. You know I hate fish more than just about anything. Right. And I've seen those assholes before. Really? They... I've never seen them. I was like, is this like a narwhal thing? But like no, the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like overly, you know, I'm in this tent. My house could burn down and I would not know it. I wouldn't know it for a while. Okay. So um, Jesus, I'm going to be talking. I, well, okay. I lit an incense stick a while ago and I kind of. I'm in this tent and I just kind of smelled it. And then I was like, oh, it's the incense stick. Isn't it? Do you it's need smoke, to is it? make sure that your house is not on fire? No, because I'll never get this tent back the right way again. <laughs> what will be, will the be. Sacrifices. Maybe it'll be my birthday and my death day in a few minutes. Oh. So, okay. Back to these animals. Because this is... The, I, I feel like this is a sign of what's to come, that this is going to be what I'm talking about as I turn 33. Oh, shit, it is. All right, let's do this. <laughs> I love that this is what's happening right now. <laughs> okay. So I am lightly familiar with blobfish, enough to have just a mental image of what they look like. I didn't really know anything about them. I still don't know that much about them, to be fair. I will say that when I did pangolins and armadillos, and actually the octopi, I did a deep dive on those. And I like I, I know all about those creatures now. I did more of a cursory skim on these for reasons. So I look up the blobfish and I would encourage you to pause and do the same. Not you, but anyone. <laughs> it is aptly named. It's a fucking blob. <laughs> it, 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 it looks like a miscarriage of justice <laughs> it has a big fucking droopy nose and a horrified mouth and it's it's fleshy that's what it is it's fleshy and it's heinous and i looked i pulled this thing up and i said out loud what the fuck melanie <laughs> and i said there i said to the audio guy i said there is no possibility of this thing winning. And he said, so I guess you haven't looked up the star-nosed mole yet. Oh, did he know what it was? He did. I'm not sure if he probably looked it up when you sent it a couple days ago. I didn't. It looks like somebody and made I'm a like, blobfish stuffy. I went, oh, great. That's what I got you for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you did send me a birthday present, which I did not know about until 
well after it had been delivered. So I will be opening that during this podcast. And I hope it is not a dildo or something. <laughs> hey, I'm 33 now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I turned 33 on the word dildo. <laughs> absolute favorites who has kids who are like 10 or 11 or something and I, I'm pretty sure she listens around them and I'm like oh god <sighs> okay so they're gonna hear one of these days yeah it's this one <laughs> it's this one happy birthday to me okay it's your birthday so, it's my birthday so back to these creatures so I looked up this mole and i'm like okay first of all it's a mammal so that's that's a point in its favor second of all it's a mole they're pretty they're pretty regular right (laughs) this son of a bitch (laughs) is a horror movie monster it looks i don't even know how to describe this (laughs) i will say that it does look somehow vaginal i don't know in a horrifying way though horrifying it's it it has i feel like they both kind of have like a genitalia vibe to it yes yes they do neither in a good way oh (laughs) god neither in a good way i guess i was picturing a mole with like a little tapered nose that looked like a phillips head screwdriver that was the mental image that i had looks like a demigorgon it looks like some kind of fucked up sea anemone or something. It's it's like little spindly pink fingers coming out in a star shape from its nose. Does it even have eyes? Um, yeah, they're like just those. They're like they're, two little they're beady subtle. dots. They're subtle. They're they're not a. Oh my god. It's like a butthole exploded. That's exactly what it's like. It's like a butthole exploded. Oh, it's 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 like what it would look like if you tried to like poop out like a a pop can lid, like the metal kind. Okay. So I am I am genuinely upset by both of these animals. And I looked up some facts about them. They both suck in every way. Neither one of them has any redeeming qualities. Ultimately, I'm I'm picking the blobfish to advance. What? And I will tell you, I have one reason and one reason only for this. And it is because the blobface's face looks like my face looked when I looked up the mole. <laughs> so I feel like that made us allies in some way. And that's all I have. That's all I have. Oh my god, I can just like picture you doing that little frowny like one particular version of of the blobfish, which I will send you shortly. (sighs) Okay. I will tell you right now the blobfish is not making it past the next next round. No freaking way. (laughs) You we can just skip it that day. 
The listeners did this. You guys did this to her, not me. I'm not taking any more responsibility for this. And on my birthday, you bitches. No, that's my fault. Wow. <laughs> wow. <sighs> okay. Well, well, you know what? Here, This is, it's your birthday. We're going to make things uncomfortable. Let's get a little <laughs> weird. Okay. It's fun. Okay. Well, weird doesn't even cover it with this episode. <laughs> I wish that we could call this episode weird. This episode is unfortunately absolutely heinous. Yeah, you were telling me about it. It's terrible. All right. Well, buckle in. Wait, 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 wait. Do you want to open your present first? Let's do that in our disaster relief. Okay, you might need that. Unless it's like a, I don't know, something something I can cuddle through the, the next horrifying. You can't cuddle it. Okay. All right. So it's not a dildo. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> we can't make jokes at the beginning of this episode. too horrible. I okay. dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> Drop the ball. The balls. <laughs> Drop them. Okay. Okay. God, you're the worst. So we do need to put... A disclaimer up front about something that I was and still am worried about, which is the use of words from primary sources and whether they're okay to say or need to be bleeped. And honestly, I still feel a little bit murky about it. So I'm going to just put my conundrum up front. So if you end up not agreeing with the choice that we've made, you at least know what what it was what was going on so this is an episode that will deal heavily with racism 1920s racism to be specific and there are a lot of primary sources quoted and a lot of them use the word negro and some of them also just use the n-word and I am not comfortable saying the N-word, primary source or not, so we're just going to substitute that for a little bleep or boop or maybe just the N-word, I don't know. But it seems like it's okay to use the other one. I I think for various reasons it's different. Just know, like, if, if I didn't, I think that I would either be bleeping or saying the N-word for both words. One, I think, is, I think, is objectively worse than the other. So I don't really want to make it seem like, like that one is being thrown around constantly. Right. Using the same thing for both. But I also don't really want to water down the racism too much. So I don't know. I think we're, we're going to go with using that word since it's sources from the time. In that context, I'm not honestly 100% comfortable with it, but I think it is the right choice. So here we go. You ready? I'm ready. All right. The year was 1927. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what 1927 was like for various reasons. I think that it is... I think that when we're... Okay, have you seen those memes about um, like how old Martin Luther King Jr. would be now? And uh, I think 
Was it Rosa Parks? Is the other one? I don't know. Um, but a couple people that you just kind of think of as like from so long ago, who if they were still alive, wouldn't even really be all that old. Right. And it's I think not it's, that way. Yeah, no, it's not that way. And I think that that tends to happen with anything dealing with old timey racism, basically, because I think that we as white people tend to have kind of a timeline of events in our head. And we kind of know that's not necessarily accurate. But I think that it's easy to lose track of exactly where you're at historically. Yeah, because that shit is not I mean, it's it's, it's not, not in the rear view at all. No, but. it's not. And I think and I think that has a lot to say with it's super uncomfortable and you know, of course white people are going to try to distance themselves as mm-hmm. much as possible from something like that. So it's easier for them to be like that was so long ago, but it's not. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm going to tell you some things about 1927 to kind of orient us to the time. So, in 1927, the 7-Eleven was founded, like the gas station. Calvin Coolidge was president. Charles Lindbergh flew across the Atlantic in a plane. Construction began on Mount Rushmore. Garbage disposals and a bread slicing machine were invented. Hmm. Greta Garb, I know. Very helpful. Greta Garbo was a huge star. Kool-Aid was invented, and alarmingly, it was called Fruit Smack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love Kool-Aid. God, you just you didn't miss a beat with that. Uh, Pez candy was invented as a smoking cessation tool. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was not marketed to children for a long time. And it, at one point, it was, I don't think it was originally, but it was eventually made to mimic a lighter. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, that silver thing that they have in shoe stores to measure your feet was invented. The Big Bang Theory was proposed for the first time by a Catholic priest. The first giant balloon flew in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It was Felix the Cat. Oh, I know. Felix is my favorite boy's name. Not that that matters at all. Uh, the first non-silent film was released. It was The Jazz Singer. The life expectancy in America was 59 for men and 62 for women. Woof. Yeah, right? The phrase trick or treat and the first recipe for s'mores hit the world. The standing record for the deadliest school massacre was set with a bombing in Michigan that killed 44, and that is a standing record. The Texas Bankers Association issued a $5,000 bounty, which is the 2020 equivalent of $75,000 for bank robbers killed in the act of robbing a bank. Top baby names were Mary, Dorothy, Robert, and John. The U.S. government issued Santa Claus a pilot's license. The U.S. Supreme Court okayed forced sterilization of mentally handicapped people. So So it was just like casually wholesome Santa Claus stuff, but then also eugenics. Tinfoil hats became associated with mind reading protection for the first time when the novel The Tissue Culture King was published. Oh. Walt Yeah, Walt Disney pitched Mickey Mouse to MGM and was shot down because, quote, a giant mouse on the screen would terrify women. He sure showed them. Yeah. And a problem had been developing in the southern states. Now... I think we all know that in 1927, there were a lot of problems in the southern states. Yep. 
Yep. And a lot of them would collide here. This one had to do with the Mississippi River. Mississippi River runs through 10 states. And before I got into this episode, I had no idea how many strategies there are for subduing rivers. I live in a very waterless state, and I guess I always just imagined it to be like, oh, I live near a river. Oh, no, sometimes it floods a little bit, and that's that. No, no, no. There, You probably know this, but there are a million different approaches to containing big rivers and controlling them and defeating them and harnessing them and stopping them. And in 1927, there was no federal oversight on how to do it. Municipalities decided individually. So the results varied hugely depending on the people in charge and the area's budget, which was unfortunate when one place's success or failure to control the water would directly affect someone else, which it often right. did. Like it was a whole thing. So the year before our disaster, in the summer of 1926, uh, these states had seen a massive amount of rain all throughout the summer it rained into early fall it rained by september some of the mississippi river's tributaries were filled to capacity and started to overflow into the banks and the rain did not stop it could just it the rain is relentless here yeah in the south it, yeah it didn't stop through the winter and this is so spooky to me because it's like okay so you get hit with a hurricane it's an event. It's a terrible, horrifying event. But first of all, I mean, you can leave. You, you know, I'm not saying that's simple, but you can. You theoretically know it's coming and have the option of leaving. It's usually, I mean, the floodwaters aren't gone. But so within a week or so, I mean, whatever's happened has happened, good or bad, probably bad. You've got a lot to deal with. You've got all the aftermath and all the floodwaters and everything. But imagine the constant dread that you would feel in the pit of your stomach just watching rivers slowly exceed their capacities for nearly a year. Mm-mm. No, thank you. No, no. The rainfall was 10 times the normal yearly average. Oh. Yeah, and like you just said, the rain's relentless on average. Yeah, I... Here in Louisiana, it was raining today. It was also like 75. It was glorious. It was hanging out on my shorts. It's wonderful. It is super wonderful. And it's so weird because it's like you forget that like everybody's having like a terrible winter storm. Yeah, we're we have negative 20 wind chill right now. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. It makes yeah. me feel like a dick. It really does. It's okay. I'm okay with it. We we have the shittiest weather here and I'm insanely jealous, but you deserve it. So I'm good with it. So by Good Friday in April of 27, things were truly getting bad. The Daily Newspaper in Tennessee wrote, The Roaring Mississippi River, Bank and Levee Full from, New or- from St. Louis to New Orleans, is believed to be on its mightiest rampage. All along the Mississippi, considerable fear is felt over the prospects for the greatest flood in history. Residents waited, watching the skies, pacing their floors as the rain started that day. It was like nothing anyone had ever seen before. Mm. A lawyer named Henry Waring Ball in Mississippi kept a journal for 44 years, which is now preserved as an historical record. And he wrote, quote, the worst Good Friday I ever saw, a night of incessant storms, wind, lightning, thunder, and torrents of rain. Raining constantly all this morning, none of us slept much. A day too dark and stormy to go to church or even out of doors. 
discomfort. Flowers and plants beat into the earth. Little half-drowned chickens in baskets in the kitchen. How, right? House leaking in many places. Everybody in a bad humor, except Jane the cook. I guess Jane must have been a water witch and loved this shit. <laughs> like, what the f- <laughs> We're talking about Jane? River appallingly high and levees. It is levees, right? Am I saying that You're right? You're saying it right. Okay. And levees in very precarious condition. Too dark to write. Another big storm coming. Noon. It was such a massive storm. People, I mean, they couldn't even help but draw biblical comparisons. People, it it was unbelievable. The area getting hit was unique enough to really fuck things up. Several hundred thousand square miles. Oh, shit. And I I mean, like, as a single storm. I don't mean it gradually moved through, necessarily. Yeah. I, I think there, obviously, there was some degree of movement. But everything just got it at once. Six states got slammed. That's bananas. Yeah. New Orleans saw 15 inches of rain in 18 hours. Golly. Straining already taxed infrastructure to catastrophic levels. People who lived along one of the rivers said it was like facing a dark, angry ocean. And the National Geographic wrote that, quote, mules were drowning on Main Street faster than people could unhitch them from wagons. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like that, that, I don't know why it's like, it always hits me. Like when there's like bad storms and stuff and like people like have their dogs chained outside. Like there's still a problem and you have to like go around and they're like in their boats, like unhooking dogs. And we, we had a blizzard a couple days ago. I mean, I guess it wasn't quite blizzard, but it was. An intense winter storm. Very intense winter storm. Um, Me being me, of course, I drove to Wendy's at midnight for lemonade because I have a Wendy's lemonade problem. And I mean, it was (laughs) the second worst road conditions I've ever driven in. But I live so close to Wendy's that by the time I was on the road, it literally would take almost as long to turn around. Um, And when I came back, first of all, somebody two or three houses down has bunnies that live full-time in their front yard. Oh. Mm-hmm. And the bunnies were still just outside. So I came back, and first there's these bunnies. They're just hopping around in their yard in the just unbelievable snow. And then I look next door, and the neighbor's cat, the neighbor's not home, and they're slightly indoor-outdoor, I think really mostly indoor cat, is outside on the porch begging to go in, and she's sitting there with literally a quarter inch of snow just piled on top of her back. Oh, what a mess. Yeah, and I mean, I don't really know our neighbors, so I'm not, I can't really say, I can't really contextualize that as far as whether she's shitty or not, but I mean, she wasn't home, the weather was hideous, negative 20, and the snow, I mean, the snow was just next level, so... Adelaide is obsessed with that cat, and if that freaking cat froze to death, it would be the know. worst. Were yeah. the bunnies so, pets too, or? I mean, they've lived there for at least a year. It's the same bunnies hopping around the front yard, so I guess. Y'all, bunnies are a lot of work. Do not. Yeah. Get a bunny I mean, pet. I, I have. I forgot you have a bunny pet. I have a bunny pet. That's they why. I think that's why. Them, should they? That's why I'm like <laughs> really. Okay, first of all, bunny people are fucking crazy. They are. Yeah. Yeah. They, you will never, ever, 
um, do right by your bunny with the bunny community. <laughs> so, oh God. Um, but no, I mean, no, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be out there. No, I, no, mean, I know it's they, sad. they have some cold tolerance, I think, don't they? Yeah, but you, I mean, but not that cold. Come on. No. No, and they, I think that they have access to the covered porch. I've, I've never noticed anything like a hutch out there. Oh, no. No. See, I, I think yeah. they really just hop around the yard. There's two or three of them. Necklace is like, my bunny's name is Necklace. Um, <laughs> she's the, like a kid. Like, if we go out of town, she, like, comes with us. Like, she stays in the no. rooms and stuff like that. And I would have never in a million years bought a bunny. Um, my children were given a bunny by a family member. Oof. Which, <laughs> and you can't really just say, sorry, kids. No, no, that's your bunny now. And that's your bunny now. So she. How old is that bunny? We've had her, I want to say she's four now, four years old. Okay. But they lived her like. In their 20s. Wow. It's a commit. Wow. It's a fucking commitment. So. Wow. Well, I uh, guess those people don't take their bunny commitment as seriously. So that's, I really wanted to go get the bunnies too. The cat came into our house for a couple days. She, she just went back today. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. Let's get back to it. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. So meals are drowning, but. There were fail-safes in place, and the fail-safes were levees built by, hold on, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Do you think it's Army Corps? Is there anything that's corpse? Because this really stresses me out. It, no. it feels to me like it should be corpse, but I know intellectually that probably nothing is corpse. It's not corpse. It is in my head, though. It's, I just know that. It is, I'm like, <laughs> I think of dead bodies when people say corpse. I mean, yes, yes, I struggle with that, and I find it embarrassing that I struggle with that because it's dumb. My, but my, I, I always read it as corpse. My cousin, and then I'm like, say Yosemite is, at all? Yosemite. She can't do I, it. She texts me maybe every three months to ask me if it's Yosemite or Yosemite. Oh gosh! I think everybody I has one word they just can't say. I have two. I mean, well, no, I can say Army Corps. I just, I will always and forever read those C-O-R-P-S as corpses. I can't say the long word for rhino. I can't say it either. Really? Mm-mm. Can't do it. And I I can't say the delicious sauce that starts with a W-O-R. Worcestershire? Is that actually how you say it? That's how I say it. Or are you just saying it confidently to fuck with me? <laughs> That's how I've always said it. It's not something it I'm... Sounds, it sounds at least 90% right. Hmm. Imagine right. that. Imagine that. Okay. <laughs> Back to it. It's all fun and games right now, but soon there will be no jokes. We're getting it out of our system. Yeah, we have to because there's there's a long stretch in here where no jokes can can exist probably. So... Levees built by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. The public was starting to panic, but the Army Corps promised them that the levees would hold. And beyond that, there were also outlets that could redirect some of the water into other rivers to take some of the pressure off. And they also had some seriously brilliant engineering minds working on this. They had James Buchanan Eads, who five years later would be recognized as one of the 
five greatest engineers of all time on the same list with Leonardo da Vinci and Thomas Edison. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he had an idea that to me is just so elegant. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Everybody was trying to build up to contain the river. But do you know what else would work? A deeper river channel. Yeah. Instead of releasing pressure through outlets, they would actually obstruct parts of the river to make it fast and straight, which he said would quickly scour the bed of it to a lower level, granting it some much needed space and creating a solution that would continue to be beneficial even when this particular flood had passed. I mean, levees are great and all, but the even better thing to do would be to just not even need them because you'd harness nature to solve its own problem in this way. But then you have the guy that created levees and he's like, fuck you. This is the way we're doing it. This is the way we always did it. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, everybody listened to James. The rivers were deepened and the crisis was averted. And that's the episode. The end. The end. Goodbye. No, just kidding. The Army Corps of Engineers went ahead and dismissed every single idea that wasn't levies and just marched on to certain doom. The lengths that they were willing to go in order to double down on the levy plan were truly the stuff of a bunch of white men who'd never been told they were wrong. Mm. When the water got too high, they just raised them higher. Two feet, seven feet, ten feet, twenty feet, forty feet. It was a monument to this is fine in the sense of their refusal to see how shitty this plan was but things around the river were frantic levee guards were placed at concerning points along it and their job was to watch for breaches and try to keep up with stacking sandbags but i mean obviously they couldn't just risk white people being up there when shit went south but also the Mississippi Delta stood to get ruined and the Mississippi, the Mississippi, <laughs> <laughs> I got to get that out of my system because there's a lot of Mississippi in this. The Mississippi Delta is some of the most fertile land in the world. <laughs> Whole tent cities were erected on the levee and thousands of all black plantation workers were posted up there to keep raising it higher and higher, stacking sandbags on top of sandbags. And honestly, if you need a levee extended four stories into the fucking air to contain a river, the levee is probably not going to cut it. Right. And it wasn't. All along, water began to pour through the cracks in the levees. And the signal was given. It was a fire whistle to tell people that the first one had broken. And this is such a hard story to tell because it is such an ongoing disaster it, there it's not like and all this is happening and then a levee broke and all hell broke loose at some point the first levee broke and then the national guard went from building to building in town pulling only the black men and boys to go protect the levee Ugh. people who had oh get your uggs ready because that is the best thing you'll hear this episode <laughs> People who had done this before knew what to do, so they pulled up their carpets and they moved them along with their furniture and belongings to raised platforms. First-timers panicked and tried to leave by train, but the tracks would become unusable pretty fast. So the proportions of this are just hard to grasp. So you have this massive Mississippi River, which goes through 10 states, and I, I think I said like five or six ended up getting shit on by this. 
So you have this massive Mississippi River and a levee pretty much all along it. And I don't mean there were maybe like five or ten places that the levees broke. I mean upwards of 150. Oh my gosh. And this was not like a leak or a manageable amount of water. The amount of water that came through these levees was enough to cover the entire area in 30 feet of water. And when I say 30 fucking feet, and when I say area, I don't mean like an area the size of a big parking lot or a few football fields. I mean an area equal to Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Hampshire, and Vermont combined. Oh, damn. In 30 feet of water. 27,000 square miles. (sighs) 30 feet. I mean, obviously some areas were lower, but it it was pretty extreme everywhere. Uh, one man said that he, quote, saw a whole tree just disappear, sucked under by the current, and then saw it shoot up. It must have been a hundred yards downstream. One of the crevices was half a mile wide with water equal to two Niagara Falls pouring out in terms of force. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, when I'm saying a levee leak, I don't, leak isn't the word. No. And let me tell you, as we get further into this, Jerry is going to hate this episode. Good. Fuck you, Jerry. (laughs) The force was so great that the Arkansas River, which was close to, I think, touching the Mississippi, it was adjacent, started flowing backwards. Oh, wow. That is creepy. Mm -hmm. The water wouldn't stop for months. And in the initial levee failures, levee guards, mostly black, were pulled into the water and drowned. But the National Guard was able to proudly state in their official report, no lives were lost among the guardsmen. So gross. I bet they weren't. I bet they weren't. I. It just goes to show you how disposable uh-huh. black uh-huh. people oh, were treated. Yeah. I would love to hear an alternate timeline history of the United States where almost every single doing air quotes good thing that we have discovered or built or accomplished or survived wasn't on the backs of black and indigenous people or at the cost of their lives. I feel like we would have a lot less unearned bravado if we had been the ones to have to do the work and pay the price for anything ever. Yep. I think it's ridiculous that it's like people still argue this. The things that the parallels with Katrina almost a hundred years later are disgusting. I'm not really going to get into that in this because I never would have had this episode ready if I started delving into Katrina too. Right. But I mean, not much has changed. So, so this was a bad fucking situation for the men who were on the levee as it was breaking. As you know, there were a shit ton of them up there. Hundreds of them climbed down onto a barge in the water at which point one white man suggested, let's put all the N-words on the barge and cut it loose. What? A bunch of men were left stranded on top of the levee. A senator's son spearheaded the effort to get them down, but his dad was against it. Because if they took those men off in steamers and they left the area, there'd be no getting them back. It was clear that their homes were destroyed. There was nothing left for them there but doing white people's work. And nothing really at that point to stop them from trying to make a life somewhere else now that they were displaced anyway. The floodplains around the Delta were populated by 75% black families, and they were almost the entirety of the 
agricultural labor force. Right. Which is a term that I'm using in the same way people refer to rape as underage sex. <sighs> the agricultural labor force. Okay. The Delta grew cotton. The cotton was being protected at all costs. They were doing everything to keep that area out of harm's way. And they were unwilling to lose that labor when this was all said and done. But don't worry. Because if this is sounding an awful lot like slavery, it was not. They made a dollar a day for working from sunrise to sunset, which in today's money would be $14 an hour. And if they wound up stranded and forced to work on top of a levee... You mean $14 course, for the day or 14 The day. Okay. The, the day. Yeah. In today's money. And if they wound up stranded and forced to work on top of a levee during one of the worst natural disasters in American history, I mean, they were totally free to leave if they could get past the National Guard driving them back at gunpoint. <sighs> Slavery, Melanie... Calm your size down. It had been abolished in the U.S. 62 years ago. So this was just some super chill voluntary employment. Uh-uh. So senators, dad, well, the senator said, no, that's not going to work. The senator's son pretty much said, but dad, that's kind of messed up and then folded. So on the levy, they remained. And I mean, they were getting paid. Like you would imagine probably some type of hazard pay for this. They usually made... Like I said, the equivalent of $14 a day at their regular jobs picking cotton. So a fair rate for living in a seven-mile tent camp on top of a levee, stacking sandbags and unloading Red Cross supplies for nearly 200,000 people and animals. It, it seemed like the modern equivalent of like $11 a day would be fair. That, that sounded good. And at this point, the senator was not only... Not evacuating the men on the levee, but he was ordering every black citizen in Greenville onto the levee. <laughs> what? Yeah. And some black people were locked in barns to prevent them from fleeing. Some found abandoned buildings they could shelter in and were forced back into the water at gunpoint. That is fucked up. The Red Cross portion of the labor, which was a substantial portion of the labor on the levees, was ordered by Percy to be unpaid. So, Pellagra, I did not check the spelling on this. I, I really have no idea. It is a disease from lack of protein, and it, it presents with symptoms ranging from diarrhea to dementia to inflamed skin to sores in your mouth. It was rampant in the camps, which stretched miles and housed tens of thousands of humans living on top of a fucking river levee is it contagious too or is it just like a product of the environment i'm pretty certain it's just a product of the environment but illnesses including malaria were absolutely rampant and if people died they were oh this is gnarly routinely cut open filled with sand and thrown into the water oh <gasps> Yeah, which honestly is one of the somewhat gorier details in this whole thing. But at the same time, that's kind of one of those things where it's like, is that, you know, a racism thing or is that to some extent a logistics thing? I mean, you're going to have a lot of dead bodies at that point. Yeah, but they have a lot type of disaster. They have a lot of dead bodies floating because of the situation. Well, that yeah, they put exactly. Them in, so exactly. I don't know. That the disposal itself, it sounds on the surface really horrible and inhumane. 
I don't know. I mean, I could definitely see situations and disasters that weren't so very man-made. Right. Where that would just be a horrific That's just what we have to do. That's what we have to do. Nobody likes it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there were some white people up here, but the disparities between the races on the levees were insane. The black people there, I mean, they were fed, sort of, but they were fed shitty food compared to what the white people had. When they got canned peaches in, only the white people got them. But that actually was just because they were looking out for their black colleagues. They said that giving them something like that would spoil them and simply teach them a lot of expensive habits. What the fuck? Like they're doing them a favor or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Hundreds of thousands of black people were herded by plantation owners and railroad lines into these massive tent cities where their most basic needs were mostly met by the Red Cross, largely to keep them just safe enough to make leaving seem like a bad gamble. Their tents were directly in the mud, no floors, the only the black tents, no eating utensils, no cots. And, of course, they could only gain access to these luxury conditions under the plantation owner's supervision. And the plantation owners definitely just referred to them as their property. Of course. Mm -hmm. One article said black men had to wear tags identifying that they were laborers in order to receive rations and to show which plantation they belonged to. Women with no working husband did not get supplies unless they had a letter from a white man. Yeah, I mean, it's still slavery. It's just they've changed the um, the appearance of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So one former resident in a documentary from the 90s said, you don't go nowhere unless you got permission to go. You had to have a tag on you. And it was just, it was really slavery. Conditions varied, and you will not be one bit surprised to know that the best outcomes were in the places where the black community actually had a role in the way things were set up and run. Right. Generally, things were just policed by the National Guard who whipped the men regularly, and at least one black woman was gang-raped and murdered by the National Guardsmen. One thing to understand about this is the layers of bullshit in language and phrasing. Because you can read a lot of articles that reference old-timey articles that kind of try to distance themselves from now unacceptable language or signal their understanding that things that were given then aren't okay now. But there is still so much bullshit, even in modern articles. There's a recent one by Mississippi History Now that says that the black people resented being told that they had to do the work that they were told to do or be cut off from food. They resented that. Well, yeah, they fucking did. You you think? You think so? I mean, this this is a recent article. And this sounds like Gilead being forced to write an essay about why enslaving handmaids may have possibly, in hindsight, been slightly rude. Right. That same article says that they became aggravated about their circumstances. And even a lot of articles written today by things like National Geographic use the term racial tensions to describe the things that were happening. And I dislike that phrase. It, to me, it makes it sound like two groups of people who are both very fine people who... Mutually agree. Yeah, they, they don't quite see eye to eye, but they're living in proximity. Things are getting tense. Like, 
when my like old roommate constantly left dirty dishes in the sink and expected me to take care of her cat. Like this was one group having power and wealth and throwing black people at this disaster like they themselves were expendable sandbags. Right. Not even in order to protect their own lives, which is shitty, but human to a degree, but in order to protect their own money. Just straight while, up hate, yeah. greed, while white, Yeah. While white women and children were removed on steamboats, like right away. That's not racial tensions. <laughs> That that would meet the definition of genocide were it not for the fact that they were at least motivated to keep some of them alive so they could keep working on their bullshit slavery loophole plantations. Right. That's the only reason. That's it. I don't think that it technically qualifies as genocide because they're technically not trying to destroy an entire race, but in many ways it would. And the reason it doesn't is just as bad. Right. So even aside from the larger scale, more officially sanctioned atrocities, there were, I don't want to say smaller ones, but more personal ones. Like during the flood, some white men found the time and supplies to lynch a man in Arkansas and then drag his corpse through town tied to the back of their car. Jesus Christ. In the middle of this. Not that, I mean, I guess in the middle of this, like, it's just an inconvenient time. Right. But, it's like, like but, what but the even fuck? through a major disaster, one of the worst disasters ever, these yeah. fuck faces you, still... You can't take a day off. No. No. Um, two men in Mississippi were burned at the stake, and a cop killed a black man for refusing to work another shift after working an all-night shift. And he was not indicted. And do you remember the senator's son from earlier who tried to organize some relief and got shut down by his dad? Right. Okay. Well, before that guy gets even one shred of credit for trying to be helpful, know that this fucking guy was like the racist version of the nice guy who's like, hey, beautiful. Oh, you won't have sex with me? Fuck you, you fat bitch. You know the guy I'm talking about. Yes. So this guy was like, I'm going to help get these black people off the levee and I'm going to champion their cause. And his dad was like, no. Well, then this other guy gets shot by the cop for refusing to work two back-to-back shifts. And that pissed everyone off. And I guess you could say that people resented what had happened and were aggravated by it. So they organized a bit and they armed themselves. And it uh, started what I suppose these people might call racial tensions. And this fucking senator's son immediately turned on them, saying, quote, I have struggled and worried and done without sleep in order to help you Negroes. He said that they had shown a, quote, sinful, shameful laziness, and one of your race has been killed. You sit before me sour and full of hatred, as if you had the right to blame anybody or judge anybody. I'm not the murderer. That foolish young policeman is not the murderer. The murderer is you. Your hands are dripping with blood. Look into each other's faces and see the shame and fear that God set on them. Down on your knees, murderers, and beg your God not to punish you as you deserve. Ew. So, like, don't let him go down in the stories, like, maybe good intentions just kind of weak and his dad overrode him. Fuck him. That's, do we know if he met a horrible, horrible death? I don't actually know. 
what happened to him. God, but I, I will find out. Know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I can find this out right now. This is this is worth a quick little on-air Google. Oh, I just pulled up Google, and there's the freaking blobfish the last thing I looked at. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay, hold on. Mississippi. I can cut some of this out if need be. Flood of 1927. Percy. Oh, he lived till 1942. He was also a poet. Oh my gosh. No, he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, actually, he was he was a mildly famous poet, actually. He died at 56. And it looks like Wikipedia is giving him... A bit of a good edit. It says Percy was put in charge of relief during the Great Mississippi Flood of 1927 when an area larger than all of New England minus Maine, that's oddly specific, was flooded in the spring. During the flood, thousands of blacks fleeing farms and plantations underwater sought refuge on the levee in Greenville. Percy believed that the refugees needed to be evacuated to Vicksburg to receive better care and food, and he arranged for ships to prepare to move them. However, Leroy Per... I don't know if it's Leroy or Leroy. I think it's probably Leroy, his dad. Leroy Percy and local planters prevented the evacuation, and the refugees remaining in the levee were forced to work in conditions that many compared to slavery. We know All some... Right. Well, we know people that can fix Wikipedia, right? Someone get on there and fucking <laughs> fix that. Yeah, because I think... I mean, as a poet, that... that uh, there was a lot of flair in that little speech he gave. Right. I'm sure he would want that to go down on his record. Yeah, you said it. Yeah, I said it. I meant it. I really don't know how he died, though, unfortunately. So it must not have been too shocking. Well, let's. I think that we should start. Oh, no, he was accidentally. Oh, wait, no, his dad was accidentally killed by a rifle. <laughs> these people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's uh, start fixing these uh, or editing these Wikipedia pages correctly <laughs> yeah it looks like he gets a, a pretty generous reading in a lot of these hmm. yeah well fuck that thanks for setting the record straight though Brian. i hope we've done just a little bit to tarnish that <laughs> it's not enough but it's what i can do yeah it just says he it doesn't seem nothing seems to say it says he died on january 21st 1942 all right so, fuck that guy. And speaking of disappointing white men, Coolidge, who was president at the time, pretty much, his name makes me think about Cool Whip. His, he pretty much pulled a George W. Bush in terms of dropping the ball on disaster relief. Everybody was asking him to step in, being the fucking president of the United States. Mayors and governors it's asked him to visit. It's kind of your fucking job. It's, it is, it is. Now, I will say there is one asterisk, I, I love to set you up to say really mean things about people and then immediately follow it with something that's going to make you feel bad. So <laughs> I will warn you on this one. There's there's a bit of an asterisk about this. Not It doesn't really justify it, but hold, hold on to your ass. So mayors and governors asked him to visit the flooded areas. He refused. NBC asked him to release a nationwide appeal for relief funds. He wouldn't do it. He was also asked to call a special session of Congress to deal with the disaster. And again, he did not. He said, no, thank you. And Coolidge sounds to me like that person we've always had to work with on a group project who literally just sends you a Google Doc with a date on it and is like, that's my part. Let me know when you turn it in. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. 
So that sounds like Coolidge to me in terms of the presidency, but I will say that his 16-year-old son had died three years earlier from sepsis after he got a staph infection from a blister on his foot that he got playing tennis on the White House grounds. It was early in his presidency. And people said that he seemed to have suffered from clinical depression after that. So, I mean... I don't know. I don't know that I would really do a better job, but at the same time, thanks for nothing, Coolidge. So maybe the flood. What do you? What's your hot take on this? I hear one coming. It's nothing nice. Okay. I mean, resign. Thank you. But at the same time, maybe the flood was the final straw because four months after it, he would unceremoniously announce that he was not going to be running for a second term, despite what was generally seen as a pretty successful presidency up to that point right i just feel like man if you're not cutting it like yeah yeah just step down get over your fucking ego please yeah yeah i don't so i mean do i think i could run the country better than that if my child had died no absolutely not no step down just step down so i mean i guess to his credit he didn't run again um herbert hoover stepped in and theoretically ran things as far as this but he didn't really do shit other than look into things and make himself look good but it did get him the 1928 nomination and i mean as you probably know he was the president so so this it wasn't really a limited time event we've mostly talked about things that happened in arkansas and mississippi in mid-april but by late april things were still just getting started in louisiana When everything first started happening earlier in April, their levees held at first, which was not actually a good thing because it also kept their record-breaking amounts of rainwater from draining. Yeah. (laughs) So the extreme amounts of rain broke the pumps intended to drain it. There was pressure on the levees on both sides. And the powers that be refused to publish warnings because they didn't want to spook investors. Oh, Jesus. So they found themselves with what sounds like kind of a trolley problem. The levees would break, and if they, they thought, and if they broke above New Orleans, it would flood the city. If they broke below it, it would flood a bunch of people's houses. Now, I don't really know what the factors were in deciding this. I bet I could guess. I mean, it it, it was almost certainly sketchy. It is presented in such a way where it's like two bad things were going to happen they had to pick one i doubt it i really doubt it if they picked a demographic huh yes yes and another thing this is a, a bit of new orleans thing that maybe you have some thoughts on i have read several books about historic new orleans and it seems like for them more than anyone they just have these meetings of businessmen there there's all these points at this point in the story where it's like and then the businessmen gathered for a a meeting and they decided this and i feel like that doesn't happen anywhere else i feel like anywhere else it's like sir what are your credentials and it's like oh i'm i'm the mayor or it says you know officials gathered or something but in new orleans it's like who the fuck are you a businessman i'm telling you it's well louisiana is like its own planet i know it's it's a completely different thing but yeah i mean i see it yeah so it just it in the other states where shit's going down it's like 
And then the state officials met, and then the National Guard convened, and then the mayors and governors and the federal people met. Here, it's just, and then the businessmen had a meeting. I'll tell you what, it's not like that right now. <laughs> no businessmen now? No businessmen, or businesswomen, business, business, business Ooh, nothing. Yeah, it's uh, 2021 now. Yeah, they shut down New Orleans. It's really bananas. Wow. Because we have Mardi Gras coming up. I bet there's still some businessmen meeting somewhere. Yeah, really pissed off businessmen because <laughs> maybe they're meeting on Zoom. Well, they're letting so they're they've shut down because of COVID. They've shut down the city, like it's barricaded. Yeah. There's no Bourbon Street. There's no going into bars. Oh, there's no God. to go. You know, this is it, it's it's crazy, and so you know the bars are suffering. But the restaurants can still do like to goes and stuff. And it's just, it's so weird here right now. It's so weird. I can't even imagine it. There's no, there's no backup. It's my favorite place. I love it so much. I got chased by a peacock there once though. Those things are nasty. They, yeah, people don't know. (laughs) Yeah, they're not very nice at all. No, no, I got chased down a whole street barefoot by one. Um, so they decided, the businessmen, to dynamite the levy, which is apparently the businessman's decision. Okay. And I think that's basically the plot from Frozen 2. And they <laughs> decided to get some rock men to chase them to make it happen. No. They decided to take the pressure off strategically below New Orleans, which you guessed it was a poor black area. And the residents of that area were obviously very against this. They sent trucks from the National Guard and large stores in New Orleans to evacuate the people whose houses would be destroyed when they did this. And it took, and they took them to an abandoned warehouse where the black and white residents were housed on separate floors, obviously. Ultimately, there was a natural break in the levees that would have made this dynamating dynamating dynamiting unnecessary (laughs) but it's late but it still happened and in an article i read it said white upper class citizens came in droves to watch the demolition as if it was a fireworks show which that's fucking gross very on brand for white people it's so gross so the plantation owners had been right that this would be a turning point when they were able Thousands of black people did leave these states for more industrial urban jobs and at least slightly better lives in the North. And it was a major turning point for the political parties. I'm sure you know how everyone now is always like, don't liberals know that Lincoln was a Republican? But this is when <laughs> things really started. <laughs> I'm so fucking sick of people. I think I'm more sick of them now that I'm 33. Oh, <sighs> I'm telling you, it th- doesn't get easier the older you get. <sighs> yeah, and you're old as shit, you know. I think it's amazing that the impeachment trial's on your birthday. I'm just, it's it's all I need. Happy birthday. It's all I need. Thank you. Um so this this is actually when things started to shift with the parties and what they actually stood for flipping. And remember when I said that Calvin Coolidge's presidency was seen as successful? Mm-hmm. Part of that was because at the time the federal government had a massive surplus and they still would not cough up a dime to deal with this. 
So the city of New Orleans is just one of many cities affected, but for them at least, they had promised full compensation for everything lost by residents. And I think that this gets specifically mentioned because they blew up a fucking levy on purpose. They estimated that they would need to pay out two to six million, and that would be 30 to 90 million today, but the total ended up being 35 million, which would be 446 million today. Yeah, I was going to say those first numbers seem real low. Yeah, no, that was optimistic. So most of the residents got nothing, and the ones who got a payout got an average of 274 each, which would be about 4,000 today, which. It's totally enough to rebuild your life. Fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. The damage was so widespread that it was hard for residents to even conceptualize it as a single event. And historians have grappled with the odd way that the floods kind of went down in history. Sort of blobby and amorphous like the blobfish. Almost more (laughs) like an era than an event. Um, A city in Columbus, Kentucky that had served 150 homes only had 13 that were still inhabitable after the flood. There was never a complete count on deaths, which is the same as my last episode. And Well, a lot of that, too, is because of the Black community. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I don't don't even want to estimate it, because I've seen everything from 250 to thousands reported. Right. I do know that more than half a million of the people who lost their homes were Black. And the water didn't even subside until August or September, and this all happened in April. So after I had written up 90% of this episode, I read some firsthand accounts from kind of middle-class-ish white residents, and I was not expecting how much they pissed me off. Oh, really? (laughs) I am so mad. Okay, so one of them said... So long as I may live, I know I can never forget my first sight of the water in town. We were proud of the smooth green lawns, the gay flowers, and the dark green shrubs. This was such a thing that I could have done a literal 10-minute segment just of white people fretting about their goddamn lawns. So many first-hand accounts by white people were so literally, so little exaggeration, just hand-wringing over their flowers and their walnut bushes and then just some random starry-eyed stories about how some handful of white people did something helpful and how beautiful it was like that that's it and one of them was 16 i guess you will probably find this adorable but i am so over these people i can't she was 16 and she was studying for a latin test and she heard the siren go off and she said hot dog now i don't have to take that test no i don't like that okay that's like on (laughs) it's like on par with like bomb threats at school yeah which really used to fucking piss me off yeah so it just it turned for me into one of those things that you know but you don't like know which is how much of the history we know has a completely different, much, 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 much uglier side that we never hear. This. That's our job. This. Yeah. This episode was uncomfortable to research. The mix of truly horrific details and the shitty language that is still being used to talk about it. And then the completely different tone of the white version of things. 
was very uncomfortable because I know that normally if I wasn't seeking this story out because it's Black History Month, that I would have probably seen mostly the white version of things and I would have told the story in a completely different way. Right. I mean, it's still, you know, it would have been sad and hopefully I would have found some information about the black community, but the emphasis and the tone would not have been the same. Well, I mean, I think it's important that we're constantly reevaluating, you know, how we perceive things, how we say things. It's just, we should be uncomfortable. We will be uncomfortable for a really long time. Exactly. And that, it, it really made me think because it just made me think how many things in history. And I mean, this, this is a real dumb moment, but how many things in history, if you went back and with no context for that event, read it from black people uh, indigenous people not cishet people women and run it from that perspective the authentic account yes first with no other context and then went back and read like the mainstream version of it how huge that gap would be yep all the time and i'm not trying to say that this only affected black people or that nobody else was killed or nobody lost property but for the most part no one else had to do that while they were also being degraded, humiliated, beaten, and sacrificed. Exactly. And that is a privilege that I rarely think about, but I am now, which is the privilege to usually experience one horrible thing at a time and get to do it with an underlying belief that the world is decent and things will get better and most people don't actively want to kill you. That is actually a massive privilege. Right. So, the same woman described the refugee camps that she occasionally passed through as neat, orderly, and rather happy on the whole. Oh my gosh. She also said that the girls had worked on one of the most wearing jobs, which was obviously distributing clothes. Yikes on bikes. Yikes on bikes. And she also recounted this anecdote, which... It just has to be read in its entirety. There, I, I can't summarize this. So she said, Occasionally, something of a lighter sort happens. A girl reserve who lives near town on her father's plantation told me this incident. Their plantation was generally regarded as high ground and had never suffered badly from an overflow. There was one old Negro living in the place in a cabin high on the banks of Deer Creek. He refused to leave his cabin and go to the main residence. The water had never been in his cabin, and it never would. One morning, he looked up and saw the water rolling towards him. Terrified, he climbed to the roof and clung to the ridge of the roof. Looking across the field, he could see the other cabins submerged to the eaves, and he shrieked and called for help. Rescuers saw what he did not, that the water was only a foot deep at his cabin, and passed on by to rescue people who were in, who were in actual and not imagined danger. Not until he had clung there for two days did anyone have time to stop and take the old man down. Most pathetic of all, I think, are the old Negroes. They have lost all in this world they possess. They haven't the strength or heart to begin again at the bottom. Most of them have been very proud of their few possessions. Life now holds nothing more for them. They're doing their best to be appreciative of what is being done for them, but they feel the end is near and they will have nothing to leave behind. What a fucking bitch. That was the thing of the lighter sort. 
I think that I speak for us all when I say shut the fuck up, Lucy. Was that her name? That was her name. Okay. Can we talk about how fucking long two days is? Uh, yeah. Do you know in two days how dehydrated you would be? Do you know in two days how many times you would have to soil yourself? Oh, I'm so fucking mad right now. But that's Lucy's lighthearted anecdote. Fuck off, Lucy. God damn you, Lucy. I don't even, I, 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 I don't even have words. I'm so. At the end of it, the governor of Illinois said about the Mississippi River, like a sleeping giant, it slips down the greatest valley in all the world, serving us, yes, for months and years, but giant-like, ever ready to break the bonds and spread devastation and ruin. So my final thoughts on this are that this is why we need to say that Black Lives Matter. Yes. Whoever you are, wherever you are, there are living adult human beings right now in your own personal city who were alive in a time when black men and women were being used as essentially human sandbags when they were trying to survive in natural disasters like everybody else. And white people with guns forcing them back into the floodwaters were a bigger problem than nature. When workers were being locked in barns to present them, prevent them from escaping 30 feet of water so white people wouldn't see their bottom lines affected. Even if you, not you, the general you, even if you entertain the fantasy, that was the end of it. That was the last day of racism, and after that, we all learned our lesson and stopped it. Nothing that followed that ever happened, just that. That's enough. Right. Because there, there is a black woman living out her life in a nursing home right now who would have been, if she had been in that particular location, a toddler forced to sleep in mud while her father was whipped outside their tent. But a white child, born on the same day and in the same place as her, was ushered away on a steamboat. And if you, again, the general you, but if anyone listening, hi, Jerry, can think about that and still feel like you need to come back with, yeah, but all lives matter, then you have less emotional intelligence as well as regular intelligence than my children. And you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Oh. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. No, it's just, I don't know. I think it's important that and we kind of talked about this a little bit not just you can't exclusively do this for black history month either and i think no for the people that have listened uh you you can you know that you know we tried our best to you know show representation but we try but we're gonna try harder now because that was that was a light bulb moment for me when i realized that you could do this with any disaster i mean more so for this one because this you know the the racial history with this is a major thing that you don't really have to dig for because it was a major turning point for that and a major event for that. So, but you, I mean, you, you can could, tell you could do this for anything. You can whitewash it easily, yeah. easily. And every bit of history that we're told it it's, I mean, th- this, it, it would have been almost interesting in a sense to record two different podcasts about this, to record two different episodes 
like one having read that first and one not having read that first because just to see it would have been two different episodes and i mean i guess they were both true for somebody (laughs) but yeah yeah fucking messy history was messy file that away yeah history is messy and uh this is not behind us not by a long shot i couldn't quite hear you could you oh siri oh i think i said history is messy and siri (laughs) thought i was talking to her i'm gonna leave that in (laughs) fucking talk to your phone robot about racism yes So, wow, that was incredible, Brienne. I I feel like I could have researched that for a year and not been done. Horrific, but there oh, there's done. so much more. Yeah. There's so much more. So, let that be something to file away for me and you and any other podcasters we know who are listening or just people in the world existing and trying to know something about something. It might be a good practice to make to try to find the minority version of it and read that first yeah make yourself uncomfortable yeah and i mean it it really changes the filter because if you read the the regular white mainstream version of it and and then you're like oh and also i'm gonna catch myself up on how this affected minorities it's like well this terrible thing happened people's shrubs were destroyed and uh and some, you know, old guy got left on a roof for two days and it was so funny. And and we had a terribly difficult job distributing clothes. And also there was some racism. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. Maybe when possible and when applicable, read that first. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. I think that's uh, what I'm going to aim to do. So. Here we are. Here we I are. think we need some disaster relief. Definitely need some disaster relief. Don't call Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think this is a great time to open this Amazon package. Okay, so it's not much because I know you have a lot on your plate right now and you're I would be so very uncomfortable if it was much. Well, here, I'm trying to tell you my thinking. Okay. Because um, I did put some thought into it. It might not seem like it. <laughs> you always you, put thought into everything. When you open it. But I know you have a lot on your plate right now. You're reorganizing your home. So I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to get her something that's like. When you're oh, trying you're to... doing the thing I do where you're, you're pre-explaining again. <laughs> well, I didn't want you to be like, fuck. I just told her I'm, like, reorganizing my house and getting rid of a bunch uh, of shit. You know what I mean? I see what you mean. Yes. So yes. that's kind of yes, where I my mindset went when I chose okay. this. It's, so it was partly that and partly something else. Okay. But you'll know well, what that I, is when you see it. I'm going to uh, emerge from my pink fuzzy tent. So if the audio quality goes down in the next, like, last 10 minutes of this... I'm sorry, and that will be a learning moment for us and the future of the podcast. I actually do want to hear the difference in audio quality if there is one. And I don't think I can logistically open an Amazon package under a tent. You can actually be noisy right now. I know. Maybe it'll be like ASMR. Ooh, I actually like this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sniffing it with scissors. 
something shiny. Oh, it's the gift bag. It's a shiny gift bag. You have sent me something before, and there was a very cute Amazon gift bag in that, too. Amazon has the cutest gift bags. I know. I love that they have that option since you're, since it's coming directly. It feels weird not, like, packing it up myself. So the fact that you can have it gift wrapped kind of eases that. Okay, so here here's a note. It says, a gift for you. Happy birthday, buddy. I hope your day is fantastical from Melanie. And I think it's very cute that you call everybody buddy. <laughs> Not everybody, just I only call my buddies buddies. I mean, you call your husband buddy, and you definitely call your kids buddy. <laughs> well, you should feel pretty good that I call you I buddy. I do, then. I do. I'm in the inner circle. You're in the inner circle. Okay. Wow, hear this ASMR? Hell yeah. You didn't know that's what you were tuning into here. Oh wow, this is, okay, so this is, first of all, you should know, this is in a gift bag, which I know you don't actually have any say in picking, but it is a lovely purple, and it has very cute, like, silver confetti lines all over it. Aww. And then, the thing, which appears to be a book of some variety, has, it is nicely wrapped in tissue paper. <laughs> Good job, Amazon. Yeah, Amazon killed it with this. You pay attention. Well, okay. yeah. You really do. So I have been doing some self-development. I love this. You, I, <laughs> you like it? I'm so nervous. Do it's automatically part of my disaster relief. Um, I've been doing, which actually this is going to feed into my disaster relief nicely. I have been doing some self-development recently. I found a thing that was like a list of. 12 areas of life like your you know your family life and your political engagement and your spiritual life and that kind of thing and i don't remember where i found this whole idea i doubt it came from my own brain um where you basically you write down what that area of your life would look like in your absolute ultimate world and then you break it down into the milestones that you would need to reach on your way to reaching that and then you turn each of those milestones into actionable goals that you can like put on a to-do list and then you you come up with some sort of schedule and and there you go blam boom you're living your life <laughs> and for my creativity section oh, i'm so excited about this <laughs> for my creativity section I think it was that one. Maybe it was intellectual. I don't fucking know. For one of these sections, I had decided that I wanted to take a skill or some type of art or something every year and spend that year developing it. And I mean, I'm sure some things will stick and turn out to be something that I end up doing for a long time and enjoying. And some things I'll just spend some time on and get a little cooler and then move on next year. <laughs> And this year I've picked watercolor painting. I already pretty much know next year I'm going to pick um, cartooning. But this year I have picked watercolor painting. And I am trying to sit down and do a simple watercolor painting um, theoretically every day. I think that I actually have it set for like every other day or something. Which I haven't met that goal either, but I have been doing it with far more regularity than I otherwise would have because I've had these watercolor tubes for like three years and never touched them. And now I've done it several times this month. So Melanie sent me this 
gorgeous book called, this is very much a coffee table book, I don't know if you know, it's very big and beautiful and heavy, um, called Modern Watercolor Botanicals, and a creative workshop in watercolor, a very bougie word I don't know how to pronounce, and I just bonked the shit out of my face, <laughs> but this is the loosey-goosey casual Friday part of the podcast. It looks oh, so beautiful. pretty. And it is pretty, and it this is this is the stuff. I thought it had like know. techniques or something in there. It does. Too. Cool, cool, cool. It does. That is precisely what I need because I'm just kind of winging it, and I'm looking up. Like first, I wanted to do uh, something that I could hang on Adelaide's wall because she has this uh, little gallery wall in her room with all kinds of very cool eclectic art stuff, and I was like, well, I want to make something that she might want on her wall and she's a cat fanatic. So I just found like a watercolor painting of cats on Google and then basically just tried to recreate it. But I mean, I can only get so far with that. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing at all. Well, and I've loved I watching to. your, or not watching, but seeing your, your post with the family watercolor sessions. I just thought that yeah, was so Yeah. Cause now the kids are into it. This, this is perfect. Yeah, you. you're welcome. I'm very, I'm very excited. I feel very seen. <laughs> and I am truly looking forward to getting into this book and will actually be using it. And I don't have to find a spot for it because A, it would be a gorgeous coffee table book and it may be. But B, I have a watercolor box already. Yay! I think I'm going to leave this out though because it's honestly so pretty. I'm glad that you like it. It, it looks, really I, I, there was another one and I'm like, oh, and then I saw that one and I was like, oh, that looks cool. Yeah, I'm taking a picture of it right now. Plus it's plants. Who doesn't want plants? I know. It's just, it's a really pretty book. Well, happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. I do have one other thing that actually does tie into that whole thing. Do you want to do yours now or do you want me to go into that one? Go ahead and. Tie it all in, babe. Okay. So, I, my thing this week that I love is called Habitica. It's not new to the world, but it's new to me. It's new to me. It I is, never heard. <laughs> um, it's actually been out for a while and I think has been pretty widely used. It is a, an app and you can, okay, basically you can gamify your life. It's a little bit like uh tamagotchis if you are Sold. an adult and the only way to get your tamagotchi to eat or grow or survive is to take your trash to the curb and go to bed on time <laughs> i love that that's so cool that's like right up my alley yes it, it's very cute and you can set Okay, so basically, there's three categories. There's habits, dailies, and to-dos. And habits are just things that it's not necessarily you do it once and then you're done, but you do want to get some kind of credit for doing it. Like, I have some things in there that it's not like it's something I need to remind myself to do, but when it comes up, like I have wipe a kid's butt in the habits because I'm going to have to do it. I don't want to do it. And I want to be earning gold. Um, things that you may do 
at any interval, usually I have ones that I'll do more than once a day in there. So you can do that. And then you have dailies, which is something that you do once a day, but you can also set it to where it's like, um, this comes up every third Tuesday, or this comes up once a year, or this comes up on every Monday, Wednesday, Friday or something. And then there's to do's, which is more like just a to do list. And it's things that basically you're going to get it done once, then you're going to check it off and be done. And on all of them, you can set it to trivial, easy, what are they? Trivial, easy, medium, or hard, and how much gold and stuff you get varies depending on what it is. So you can use your gold to buy stuff for your little avatar guy. So far, I don't really care about that. Or you can use it to set it for your own rewards. And I, as a stay-at-home mom, do so much little shit all day, all the time. Mm Mm-hmm that Mm -hmm. I I can't have it be like, and then for 50 gold, I'm going to get a new car or something (laughs) because I would meet that goal all the time. Right. So I have my rewards set pretty high, but I have it for things like buy a plant, um, go get a blizzard from Dairy Queen, buy an item of clothing from my favorite clothing store kind of thing. Um, And it's like I have to get to, you know, 200, 400, 700 gold for those things. And it takes a while, but then I can use my gold and cash it in. I mean, obviously, I have to pay for it with my real money, but right. it's a reward for myself. And it has been so motivating. Well, that's I, too, because... I can't even tell you. Well, I was just talking about this the other day. Like, what are people doing right now in COVID to, like, treat yourself or, like, have me time? I feel like with something like that, like, yeah, you're spending your own money, but... You're also prioritizing yourself in a very yes. Cool, I mean, you, fun you way. feel like yes, you feel like um, my kids poop a lot, so <laughs> I I hear the mom, I'm ready for you to wipe my butt call about a million times a day. They are actually this week learning how to wipe their own asses, but oh, it's I'm glorious. Not, yeah, yeah, you're not there yet, huh? The first one was there for a while, and then she was like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this anymore. And I was like, okay. <laughs> well, listen, it's at this point, it's that or a bidet. Because they like to get up three hours before wake-up time and go take a poop. And I'm tired of it. Yeah. So they're either going to learn to wipe their own butts, or we're getting a bidet. I don't know. I don't care. But, I mean, now, every butt wipe every load of laundry every weekly clean off the bathroom sink i'm looking through my thing right now every um you know every mail the kids valentine's cards and my to-dos i'm getting one step closer to going to the greek restaurant and getting some baklava <laughs> oh i love baklava it's so good. yeah i got i actually got i've been doing this for a couple weeks and i got my first reward this week and it was baklava unfortunately it was not good we don't have any good amazing greek around here i mean it's not I, it's not bad i have but very it's... low standards it didn't need to be amazing it tasted like the um the pastry was probably freezer burned unfortunately which you know, it's the place that I went. It's a one man store, and I'm I'm sympathetic because right now they're not. I don't think really meant to be mainly like a drive through at all. It's a sit down place, but he's kind of an older guy. It seems like he is doing exclusively 
drive-through right now to stay in business. And I mean, I'm sure that when that is your business situation, you can't be like, well, I don't know about this, so I'm going to throw it away if it's not I'm, I'm not talking about like spoiled food right but like something that could be a little bit freezer burn like normally i'd be like come on man but uh, it's a weird time the rest of the food was really good so i will i'll try it again but unfortunately my baklava was disappointing but no, it has not turned me off a bitica well you're 33 you can do whatever the fuck you want now that you're an adult so just get you another one yeah, I don't think I can make my own, though. So now, I live in a very small town. Now I have to find more baklava. I'm not quite ready to go spend my baklava money there again. I will definitely eat there again, but I know it's going to be a minute before I try the baklava. <laughs> it was you, not a little either. Your like, trust has been broken. Yeah, I took a bite, and, and that that was it. It wasn't like, eh, this is okay. It it really, I, a single bite. I have very low standards, too, so... <laughs> That sucks, but it's okay. He, the, I mean, it's really just the owner in there. You pull up, he takes your order, he makes your food, he brings you your food, he stands there in the window and talks to you for a long time. Um, That's quite adorable. He, I love that, actually. Yes. I believe he's actually an older Greek man, and uh, he's so sweet. I, I don't want to be a dick about it, but yeah, he's he has broken my baklava trust. So <laughs> now I have to find new baklava, but it's okay. <laughs> So, what is yours? I got two. Ooh, okay. Technically, so did I. Um. So one kind of goes back to the um. Remember uh, the whole ginger root and my husband ran off to Texas. How could I forget? How could he forget? <laughs> How could anyone forget? I did not put ginger root up his butt. For the record, um, he did go to Texas for work, and on his way home. Um, we were chit-chatting and he was like, oh, I'm going to stop by this gas station. Um, he's like, have you ever heard of Bucky's? And I was like, yes. I was like, are you going to Bucky's? Because I have, or he was like, do you want anything? I was like, yes, I have a list. <laughs> so just because, um, Sinisterhood, they're always talking about, I think it's Sinisterhood that talks about Bucky's. Where they talk about like the Bucky Nuggies and the Beaver Nuggets. I think it might be Sinisterhood. Anyways, I'm pregnant. It's I, I want them. <laughs> so he brought me two bags of those and I ate them like within a day. Um, they, it was quite delicious. And now I'm ready for him to go back to Texas and get me some more. So if it doesn't happen soon, I might have to pull out the ginger root. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Does Cody listen to this podcast? No. Okay. Sometimes he does. Sometimes well, he does. He's, he's going to wish he'd listen to this one. Listen, he's a very, very busy man. So I don't fault him for not being able to listen. So yeah, Bucky Nuggies are so good. And Beaver Nuggets, they're like these like um, like honey puffy. Oh, they're just, I don't even know how to explain it. They're just delicious. And I'm intrigued. They're all gone. And I want more. And my other oh. one is, I kind of told you about this the other day um, when we were talking about TV. There's a new show on Prime called The Wilds. And uh, you did mention that. It's really good. It's basically, I'm not the target age for this, but <laughs> at, <laughs> at all. It would be like the same age for like 
Hunger Games. What's the other one? Was it Divergent? Oh, like YA type stuff. Yeah. But and there's a couple of times where I'm like, I probably should turn this off because it's not my age bracket. <laughs> but then I was like, no. fuck it. It can just be a guilty pleasure. And then there was... Well, anyways, so basically... Don't be guilty about it. Fuck that. Okay. Well, I love it. So it's called okay. The Wilds, and it's basically a group of girls um, that are in college, and they're on a plane, and the plane crashes. Ooh. And, I am, I'm intrigued. And then they have to, like, survive on this island. And weird shit happens. I think when I fully committed, there was, like, a quicksand scene which has always been an irrational fear of mine and i was like okay i'm i'm fully committed to this now like Dude, it's got fucking quicksand episode yeah so Dude. but it's really good and i think everyone should watch it it has a little bit of everything and um they talk about you know some really cool topics that i think are relevant and important and uh but it's all wrapped up in uh really strange kind of survival um television show i i think i'm into it 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 was cool i saw um i heard about it i can't remember what show i heard about it but they said it was like a survival slumber party which i think completely watered that description waters it way down but it's good it's really good watch it i think i'll check it out Alright, fuck, Melanie, I've, this episode's been so long, I feel like I started this at a whole different age. I feel like I started this episode, like, last year. I think God, it was... it's like I've aged a year during this. It's so cool. From 32 to 33 in an episode. You know I'm that person who does that whole see you next year shit on New Year's Eve. It's okay. I'm gonna let you get away with it. It's your birthday. <laughs> People better be nice to me. <laughs> Oh, wait, 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 wait. Huh? Wait, did we confirm? Oh, yeah. So the blobfish one, right? Yeah, reluctantly. Reluctantly. Very reluctantly. Hold on, though. I'm going to show you. I'm going to send it to you right now. And it is a picture of precisely what my face was when I looked up (laughs) the star-nosed mole. It's a specific one. Hold on. Okay, I'll send it to you in a minute because it's taking me time and no one wants to listen to this. I can't wait to see it. It it was a, a perfect reenactment of my face here on Google. Well, thank you for spending... I got to be the first person you spent your birthday with. And, you did. And it the feels, audio guy is asleep on the couch next to me, but definitely the first person I talked to. I know. So it feels You're the only person I've talked to. It's special. I'll never it forget is. the time you turned 33. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we should turn all of our birthdays um yeah we we should make this a thing even if it's like not a normal recording day we should we should have all of our birthdays i did have them. a really weird dream that i went in labor during a recording would you finish it do you think no fuck no <laughs> this is my fifth i know what that ew brian that picture's disgusting i'll post it that on social that was media. my actual face when i looked up that fucking mole (laughs) and that that camaraderie that i built with that blobfish in that moment is the only reason it won (laughs) god bless it no i had a dream that um 
we were in the middle of recording and I went in labor because pregnancy dreams are just so vivid and weird. It, this was like two nights ago when I was like, it always happens like right when we're about to record. But so we just clapped and then finished it after the baby and then put it together. And it was like, I'm having a baby. Oh, and we're back. <laughs> Low-key hope that happens. Okay, well, I mean, it's your fifth. It's my fifth. It's possible. My cousin gave birth in a car on the side of the road. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. I wouldn't. Could be you. No, I don't want it. (laughs) Don't want it at all. All right, I'm going to bed, birthday girl. (laughs) Haha, good night, and thank you so much for this beautiful book. I really love it. You're welcome. Sweet dreams or no dreams? Sweet dreams or no dreams? Hey, Horrible Ghouls. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at MarkSafePodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your buddies about us too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page, where we have shoutouts, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.